0: I'm Dr. Pamela, and I'm back. I've had a little hiatus over the summer, and I'm back for our new season, Season 3. And today, we are going to be exploring life purpose. Do we all have a purpose? Hmm. Or is purpose just an abstract concept that only applies to some of us? You might be surprised to know that there's a whole school of thought out there that asserts that human beings... Have no real purpose in the universe. Yeah, we'll be talking about that too. Today's show is called The Power of Your Purpose, and we'll be looking at purpose from all angles. Now, I'll admit that I'm coming from this topic with all kinds of bias because I happen to believe that we are here to fulfill a definite purpose. And today's guest, Dr. Chantrice Holliman, teacher and author of Teach Stay Love, um, is joining us. And she's experienced life challenges that has brought her face to face with purpose. And she's here to share what she's learned and what she's still learning today now in my own journey I've discovered that we experience peaks and valleys highs and lows victories and defeats but it took me longer to understand that once we overcome one dark period even after enlightenment success bright flowery clothes and epiphanies we may be faced with another dark period and another and another but guess what after Triumph, there's always another journey waiting for you, another person who needs you, another lesson to be learned. We are constantly chant uphold that purpose. We've been given to raise strong children, to inspire the brokenhearted, to serve as life-changing uh, medical professionals, whatever it is our call is to be. But how do we stay the course? Well, we stay the course by focusing on our purpose. So join us today for a great discussion. As always, we've got trending topics to discuss, research to dish, and of course, my weekly balance challenge. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back on The Live Exchange. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and I am so thrilled to introduce my my guest this morning, uh, Dr. Shantrese Holiman. Am I saying it all right or Holiman? Yeah. I'm I'm like over pronouncing it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good. It sounded good. <laughs> so tell us a little about who you are. Well, first of all, let me tell you, she's the author of Teach, Stay, Love. And I love the title, I love the colors, I love the graphics. Um and and so I've seen, you know, you you're doing some tour, you or well, you're you're making some appearances. I've seen, right. you mm-hmm. know, some things happen and people have been doing nothing but giving rave reviews. So, I had to bring her on here to talk about life purpose because um, you know, from what I've seen, you know, before I actually had the book in hand, mm-hmm. this seems like a book that's really going to help somebody stay in that purpose that they have. So, I would love to hear you first tell us who you are and what you're about. And then- oh,
1: Okay, well, um, hi, Dr. Pam. Hey. How are you? <laughs>
0: um, again, my name is, okay,
1: well, my name is Shantree sims Um My students get offended when I don't say Dr. Shantree Sims-Holliman, uh-huh. so I'm Dr. Chantree okay. Sims-Holliman. Um, <laughs> I get that, too. <laughs> I am a 14-year educator, and um, I actually never wanted to be a teacher so a lot of when we talk about purpose Mm -hmm. um I really didn't have a choice um I'm one of those people who kind of believes that um especially if you are an educator um that you are called to this like Mm -hmm. I believe that there's a difference between a profession and and, an invocation right I'm sorry a a vocation um a vocation is something that you are called to do um and because I'm an English teacher I know that voc voc means to call it's a root word um so there's a difference between a profession and a difference between a vocation and i believe your vocation is rooted in your purpose it's one of those things that you don't have a choice about um i ran from (laughs) teaching pretty much most of my life Mm -hmm. um, and kind of stumbled into education uh because i was going to do it until i was um going to go back to corporate okay so if you've ever seen the movie um um mr Holland's opus Yes. So yes. if you know, the the for those of you who haven't ever seen it, um, the whole premise was that he was going into education until he was able to feel, fulfill his dream of creating his master opus. And then all these things happened. So teaching was kind of like the thing he was going to do until he Stay really 20. walked in what he thought his purpose was. And it turns out that his purpose was being an educator. And so that's kind of how... I stumbled into education. Education was what I was doing until I became Susan Taylor, because that was my dream. I wanted to be <laughs> the, um, yes. the editor-in-chief of Essence exactly. magazine. Exactly, yes. And <laughs> um, I came into education and said, well, I'll just do this until I'm able to get there. Mm-hmm. And when I looked up, I had spent 13 years mm-hmm. um, teaching students. And... Um, so that's kind of where um, my purpose came from, and I realized that my purpose was to teach st- students. And the really interesting thing about purpose is that um, again, you have no choice. You can fight it, you can run, but eventually, um, whoever it is that you believe, um, I believe in, in, in God, that God will shift you mm-hmm. and He will just line line you up. And I, when I look back at all the things I did prior to teaching, I've always been an educator. Yes. Um, even when um, I used to sell radio advertising a long time ago here in Atlanta for okay. Glory 1340, which is now <laughs> defunct. But um, and in that profession, I was teaching people how to use their ad dollars correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold That's cars, good. cars, and so I was teaching people how to use their budget to get a car.
2: Oh wow! Um,
1: so teaching is something that I've always done. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I try to get away from it didn't work. And so um, 13, 14 years ago, I walked into the to the profession, but I actually walked into my vocation at the same time.
0: Wow, I, I love that. Because I always think of sales like ah, I don't do sales, I don't do sales. But you know, when you approach it with your gift, it gives it a whole different, you know, Energy, you're right. you're able to you do it. You, you're ba- and then it just makes me think. Okay, okay, I'm going to approach sales from a teaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. That was my um, kind of my story too, in terms of how I got into teaching at the college level. I never even thought I would ever teach it. It was just never an interest of mine. Mm-hmm. And I started doing speaking engagements, and, and or not really speaking engagements, but presenting my research um, at conferences. And I realized oh, I kind of like standing in front Uh of a group of people and talking, and they're all looking at me. (laughs) And I just really enjoyed the fact that what I had to say (coughs) was meaningful for them Mm -hmm. and that it it was life-changing in a lot of ways. And I thought, wow, I I never knew that that this would be a vehicle for my purpose at all. So I I completely get what you're saying. So how did you come about um, Teach, Stay, Love? Okay, so – When I
1: um, walked into my first classroom back in 2005 at the Westlake High School, (laughs) Um, um, I fell in love. And I mean, I fell completely in in love with what I was doing from the moment I stepped foot in front of my class. And I always told myself that, you know, I'm going to do this forever. And I'm going to love this forever. And um, I promised my students, I said, if I ever do this and it's no longer fun and I ceased to love it, Mm -hmm. I said, I'll quit because I believe that you deserve to have an educator, a teacher who is passionate about what you do. So did 10 years in the classroom. And um, then some things changed, some things happened, and I realized that I didn't want to do it anymore. And I got sad because I was getting ready to walk away from the one thing that i knew i was purposed to do
0: so let's leave that as a cliffhanger
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to get into trending topics and then we're going to learn about what happened next yep. in your story okay primary election <laughs> lack of diversity yeah. the ash prices michael Black, trending topics okay so gosh trending this week we've got a lot going on i mean when we've had a lot going on for for quite some time and you know but but i'm gonna say you know just you know we've got a mix of political news sports news so first of all um our current president now wants to ban at least he tweeted this um transgender people from joining or staying in the military um Best of luck in doing that. I right. think that there's going to be a lot more loopholes than, you know, it's not just something you tweet and and it's done. It, well, especially if the people that you're supposed to be talking to, you haven't talked to. You haven't. To. No, you no. just roll over in bed and tweet something and, you know, right. no, it doesn't work that way. And, and, the, and there have been, um, you know, military officials have said, yeah, okay, but yeah, no, that's not going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. And so good luck with that one. But um, the next one is uh, in a matter of 10 days. Anthony uh, Scaramucci, aka the Mooch, um, has managed to do the following: He has managed to hire, be hired as White House communications director. Mm-hmm. He made Sean Spicer, aka Little Spicy, mm-hmm. resign his job, even though, um, be- well, because he even he didn't want to work under Mooch, right? <laughs> um, he gave a horrendous, and expletive laden interview with Ryan Lizza, uh, Liza, Lizza, mm-hmm. um a reporter for the New Yorker and a CNN contributor. Um, and he pretty much gave Reince Priebus, got re- Reince Priebus fired. fired. Yep. Um, instead of witnessing the birth of his child, mm-hmm. he was hanging out with the president on the green, in right. the golf. Uh, and I thought he was at the Boy Scout Jamboree. I thought that's oh. where he was. I think that's where. Um, he, okay. Yeah, but and he wasn't that was more with his wife. important, right? But, mm. well, well, and then <laughs> the newborn's mother filed for a divorce mm-hmm. uh, from him. And um, he resigned once Priebus' replacement was going to fire him anyway. I think karma just comes right back around. Wow. It just, yeah. you know, um, in 10 days, this was his last 10 days. He didn't even get through the probationary period. No, no. And I, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that there's something that must've come up, you know? Um, yeah. And then we got two more. We got Omaro Omarosa has hit, uh, she has a hit list. Um, all the enemies of 45s administration. Um, so people like to write, well, she's, Kind of the new proud Mary. She's got. She's looking at Roland Martin, April Ryan, Pastor Jamal Bryant. Mm-hmm. They're all on her hit list. I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're, because they are not in favor oh. of her president. Okay. Um, and then Colin pa- Kaepernick is being blackballed from being signed to an NFL team, um, and people have you know, who have been given grace like Ray Lewis and Michael Vick, now they're talking Talk a whole a bunch of mess. You know, so gotta live Colin's it. fine yeah he's He's fine fine. he's fine he will yeah so Mm -hmm. those are our trending topics gotta love it gotta love it (laughs) we'll be right back on the live exchange Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and I'm joined here with Dr. Chantrice Holloman, and we are talking about life purpose. So she was telling us her story about how she came to writing this book, and she got to a point where she was ready to quit. She was feeling sad. What happens? Um, so I-, I actually remember the day
1: really clearly. Um, I was teaching my fourth block class of 37 ninth graders after Ooh. lunch, and for my Thanks. educators, All the educators just cringed because they understand what that means. 47 ninth graders after lunch, they were just all over the place. Wow. And I was sitting at the front of the classroom trying to get their attention, and I just kind of watched them do them. And I just got this feeling. I just looked, and I said, I can't do this anymore. And my heart broke because I was sincere when I said, if this is no longer fun to me, then I'll quit. And I Mm -hmm. said, oh, my God, I have to quit now. Wow. And I told my students, I said, Y'all I have to quit now. And they were like, Wait, why? Why do you have to quit? And you I said You said this to them. I did. Wow. And and
0: I said Talk because transparency. this
1: I, I can't do this anymore. This isn't fun mm. for me. And they all got quiet and they were like, Well Well we'll do better and we'll act better and, and you can't quit and I was like, uh oh. and it was the my daughter's senior year mm-hmm. and everybody in the building kind of knew. I said, Well, um and she, she went to the same school where I taught. Okay. So I always said, Well, we're gonna graduate together. So ten years was her senior year, and I said, "This is a perfect time for me to leave." But I didn't really want to leave, mm-hmm. um, and um, it took me some time to kind of figure out, okay, well, what is it that I what is it that I want to do? And then I began to look around um, at my colleagues and other educators, and I realized I wasn't the only one. Um, and these are phenomenal educators; these are people whose vocation, their calling, is to teach. And they were tired and they were frustrated and, and they were worn out because as, mm-hmm. as educators, we get beat up a lot. Yeah. We get beat up by the media. We get beat up by parents, administrators, neighbors, mm-hmm. politicians, you know, everybody. Yes. Target of everything. Target yes. of everything. Yes. And after a while, you just get worn down. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, it can't be this way. Um, and then to add on top of that, um, teachers of color are becoming mm-hmm. less and less um, prevalent in education. We're not going into really? education uh, for a lot of reasons and I said it, it just it, this can't be hmm. and so what happened is I started having some quiet time and meditating and I kept getting these quotes which just kind of dropped drop in my spirit and I was just like oh oh that's really good and I would just kind of write them down mm-hmm. and then I realized that these quotes were coming at really interesting times in my day or in something that I was experiencing and so I was able to attach them to the experience and so one day I was um Actually, in a meeting, um, and if my former principal is looking, I swear I was paying attention. Um, <laughs> but Teach, Stay, Love just kind of dropped in my sphere. I was like, Ooh. oh. I was like, oh, that's such a good a good um, title for a book. And so yeah. the first thing I did was like, I Googled. I was like, does that even exist? Mm-hmm. You know, let me go find it. Let me go find it. And it didn't exist. So I bought the domain. Like, I bought everything everything.org.com. So dot- there's a
0: Teach, Stay, Love, or is it is it not? Well, no. it It, it is... It is okay. I mean, but, we'll, you know, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll and get to actually, that. if you, um, I have
1: a, a, a Facebook page, okay. and it's actually attached to that. Got it. And so Sorry. that was where that started. And then um, I was like waking up at three o'clock in the morning and feeling the need to write. And I was like, okay, it's three a.m. I need to get some sleep. And so what happened was I began to take the the quotes that I had been sort of given mm-hmm. during my quiet time and started to write about them. And started looking back at the things in my career that were attached to what the quote was. Okay. And before I knew it, I had a book and I literally wrote the book. The first draft of the book I wrote over Christmas break. It took me 10 days. Wow. Um, I was at the Starbucks and I was working and, um, that was how the first draft, um, came to be.
0: Wow. That is, and, and that's, that's, it's funny cause that's how things come to me too. I, I, <laughs> I you know, um, my book letters to the brokenhearted, I was driving mm-hmm. one day, and the words refocus, rebuild, relove came to mind, and I immediately pulled over. Right. Did a Facebook post, wrote it down, and you know, everybody loved it, and I thought this is the basis of the book. When things like that happen, mm-hmm. you just have to go with it. You have to follow. You yep. have to listen. And there's some other stuff that happened too, so yeah. And we're gonna get into that too. <laughs> so first we're gonna get into a little bit of science.
2: In the interest of science. 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 Science, science, science,
0: science. Okay, so I love this model. So it's, and an an gosh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Ikigai? Um, it's, do, you know, do you speak any Japanese? I used to a long time ago. Okay, so Ikigai. That's awesome. It's spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. It's a Japanese concept, meaning a reason for being. Mm. Um, it is a really beautifully laid out model of... Um, for for us to be able to determine whether or not the things that we're engaging in are at the intersection of what we love, mm. what the world needs, what we we can get paid to do, and what we're good at doing. Yes, so sometimes, um, and i'll I'll read those four again. what you love, what the world needs, what can be paid for. And what you're good at. Wow. Yes. I just got chills. <laughs> I just got chills. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I think I found my ego in the middle? <laughs> I think I'm in the middle. Oh, that is so good because a lot of us end up being, you know, on one side. Maybe we're only doing what we're good at. Mm. But it has nothing to do with what we love, what the world needs, or what we can get paid for. Um, mm. and, you know, what the some of us may be. At the intersection of what the world needs and what we can get paid for. And that's Mm -hmm. great. But what that means is we're at a place of excitement and complacency. But we have a sense of uncertainty. Mm. Because we're not quite in what we love. We're not quite in what we're good at. So each of these, you know, each intersection has um, kind of a description of what this means for your life. So let's just say that you are... Doing what you love and you're doing what the world needs. That sounds perfect, right? right. That sounds like but you're broke. It's combination, <laughs> right? You're broke, so it says, and that's exactly what it says. You have delight and fullness, but no wealth. Mm. And you know, some people may say money's not everything, but you know, the reality is we need a roof over our heads. Yeah. We need to be able to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some people have managed to live their lives. Um, you know, Gandhi, for example with meager means and he's focusing on what he loves and he's focused on what he needs, what the world needs. Um, and so for some people that may be perfectly okay. Um, if we look at the other side here, if you are doing what you're good at and you're doing what you can be paid for, you'll be very comfortable.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, you know, you're fulfilled, but you're feel, you have an internal feeling of emptiness because you know, you're fulfilled on the outside, you have the house and all that, but you may not have, a sense of that this actually means something. I'm, I'm doing what I'm here to do. Um, and then the, the other intersection, if you're doing what you lo- you love and you're doing what you're good at, you have satisfaction, but you have a feeling of uselessness because now you're not doing what the world needs and you're not really getting paid for it. So right. there's satisfaction, but uselessness. So if you can get at the center. There's a combination of passion, mission, profession, and vocation. You have achieved Ikigai. So I need we to get a copy of that. Yes, I'm, and I'm going to post it as well so you guys can all see this. But I'm, I'm going to ask for your thoughts on where you are in this um, when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and we are talking about life purpose. So those of you who want to chime in, if you have anything to say, you want to call us, you want to ask questions, the number is 678-613-5857. That's 678-613-5857. Five seven. So I was just sharing um, the the Japanese concept of you know why we're here, and it's called ikigai, and it's a model that um, you know that I discussed. And I was asking, um, and, and Dr. Holloman immediately was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I I can identify with this." Um, and I'm curious to know because you said that you find yourself in the middle mm-hmm. in, in, at the intersection of what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. When did you get to that point? And, w- and I know you were talking about your journey to the book. Right. Were you there at that point? No, <clears throat> um, I wasn't there. Although,
1: oh. looking at that, I kind of feel like I was on the path. That sounds really existential. But I was on the <laughs> path to Ikigai. Okay. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, I'm there now
2: Okay.
1: because I am doing what I love I am um after 13 years at Westlake High School, um, I am actually blessed to be in a new position. I am the new director of professional development and new teacher induction at the Haightville Charter Schools. So I'm at the middle school and I'm at the high school as well. And I get the I have the joy of working with teachers every day um, in order to support them and also um, to help them improve their best practice, which is something that I love. Like, like you I love standing in front of people and um, sort of giving them what they need, mm-hmm. Really, which is interesting because my students know this. A lot of people don't know this, but that I grew up very, very, very terrified of speaking in front of people. Wow. Like I would get nauseous. I would cry. I would do all of these things. You wow. were not going to get me. My parents, and hi, Mom and Dad, if you're listening, <laughs> um, used to make me um, every Sunday evening stand in the living room and like read and give speeches to get me over my fear. And I would just stand there and like, I'm not doing this and I'm just not gonna do it. So that was like them, my parents making me eat peas and I don't like peas, (laughs) I don't like peas. And anybody who knows me knows. And my mother was like, and I would count the peas. I'm like, I'm Uh five peas, that's all I'm doing. Um, So I'm in a position now where um, I'm getting paid to do what I love. Mm. Um, I'm doing what I love. Uh, What's the other one? Um, What the world needs. What you're good at. Um, I happen to be pretty good at what it is that I do, <laughs> um, and I don't know if the world needs it, but I know are that educate that educators. Um, okay, well the world needs it. Yes, um, needs <laughs> encouragement and inspiration. And so the book Teach, Stay, Love is actually set up into three sections. Want to guess what the three sections are? Hmm. Um, teach, Stay, <laughs> and Love, and all of the stories that are in there come from my own personal experience as a teacher. Um, the stay portion probably was the one that I cried through the most Mm. because that's really where I had to tap into, okay, why am I going to stay in this profession? Okay. And I began to think about the reasons why, and, um, I thought about my students and I thought about the colleagues that I work with and the, the people that I know that put their life's blood into what it is that they do for these students. Um, and, um, why they need to stay Mm -hmm. you know because if if you're not teaching the children who's going to teach them right um we already know that there's a massive teaching shortage just here in georgia well i'm sorry just here in metro atlanta let alone um in the country and so the reasons why you we need you why the students need you um and then the things that i loved about what it is that i do and so all of that kind of came together in the book Mm -hmm. and um, i've had people um, who aren't educators Buy the book and read it and say, "I need this mm-hmm. um, I've had students buy the book and say, I need this, you know this isn't just for educators and so yes. um, and that really was a was a blessing because in my mind I'm thinking, well, this is just for for teachers, but no it it really isn't, and people have told me as much um and have um, said that they've they've after reading some of the sections that they have like renewed faith mm. in what it is that they are purposed. Um, purpose to do, and I, I tell people, I said, you know, a lot of times um, we're looking for a pat on the back from right. someone to tell us, you know, an at a girl or you did a good job. And really, what teach day love is, it's teaching you how to give yourself the pat on the mm, back.
0: Yes, um, that's because so important
1: because people may not ever know how excellent you are until you recognize and acknowledge how excellent you are. Right, and once you start. You know, flossing just a little bit, you know, when people <laughs> may say that, you know, it's it's arrogant, but it's not. Once you you kind of start saying, you know, I'm I'm a pretty amazing person mm-hmm. um, and you start operating in that feeling. Right. That's when other people they're like, well, what? why she think she she a ball? Yeah. We'll come find out. And then attention. they're like, oh, OK, I understand now. Right. So that's kind of the whole um, the whole story. And I think that I'm absolutely. Where am I? Icky guy. Yes. Um, I think that I'm I'm there now, and it is such, at 44, it is like the... Best feeling best ever. Best blessing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, and sometimes um, a lot of, you know, you mentioned the atta boy, a girl. Mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes people don't do it not because they don't see your greatness, but because they're so focused on themselves that we don't often take the time out to just say, you know what, you're doing an amazing job. Right. We, we kind of take for granted what other people bring to the table. Right. Um, and often are are down on ourselves because nobody's recognizing us. And so it just becomes this cycle of nobody recognizing anybody Mm -hmm. so it's um those kinds of environments i can see where it's really important for us to be able to think about why we're staying why we're doing what we're doing why we love you know what it is that we do so um that i love it i love it so we're we're going to get into the love your life challenge brought to you by bbla cosmetics the people who are responsible for the look on my face right now
1: (laughs) with With dr Penla. dr
0: Dr. Balance. I'm not going to make it either. So they, they, <laughs> good job. Um, so, this week um, on the Balance Challenge, I want you guys to think about the Ikigai model. And I want you to think about four elements. Okay, the model is pretty complex, there's intersections and there's definitions within. But I want you to think about these four particular sections. Number one, what do you love? Okay, think about that, process that. Number two, what does the world need? Number 3, what can you be paid for? And number 4, what are you good at? So what is the one answer that rings true for all four of those things? Now, that is not as easy as you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you may say I love to write, but then you may say does the world need it? Well, you have to figure out the way in which the world needs your writing. Right. You know, it's wow. so <laughs> that is your mission, you know, to to figure that out. Um What can you be paid for? Well, some writers get paid and some don't. So you have to figure out how you can go about this writing and get paid Mm -hmm. for it. What are you good at? Are you good at writing or you just like it? (laughs) That's important. So being able to look at these four elements, what do you love? What does the world need? What can you be paid for? And what are you good at? What is at the intersection of those four things? For me, writing and teaching are those four things I never would have ever, ever, ever thought teaching would have been in that, right? you know, if you had asked me when I was 18, because my goal was to write and to be Oprah, you know? Uh-huh. yeah. So, you know, we both had That's pretty right. lofty goals and, and, you know, and I'm not saying it's not happening, you know, I, I will not be Oprah, but you know what I mean? On that right. career path and, um, I, you know, and it's not to say that it won't happen, But I do now understand the intersection of those four elements and what it is that I need to focus and put my energy into. And when we do those things, the the greater things come from that. right? and, And greater can mean greater money, greater love. It can mean whatever is significant for you in your life, you know. Greater greater peace. peace. Greater peace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, and, you know, so when we say, oh, that person is doing really well, they've got a lot of money, that does not mean that they are walking in purpose, that they're at peace, that they even love their lives. So we have to be really careful at looking at the external and and using that as a basis for what it is that we want with our own lives. And we also will look at people and not know
1: uh, we, we see them where they are, but we have no idea how they got there. Oh, and so oftentimes we'll say, you know, I'm going to be like that person. I was like, you don't know the backstory," y- And then you find the backstory. You're like, never mind. Did you want to go through all of that first? <laughs> <Right>. I'm
0: good. We'll <laughs> stay right here. Yes, because mm-hmm. our journeys our journeys are the things that take us to where we are today. So if you don't know somebody's journey, uh, which is why I now, you know, I'm really careful about, well, I want to be Oprah. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, if you know Oprah's backstory, She's I don't want to be Oprah. right Oprah, you got that girl. You, you got that, Oprah. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that. So you have to really think about your own journey and all of those elements that make up who you are and, and what it is you're supposed to be doing. Right. So I, I read something. I took something from um, the book that I, I really wanted to touch on. Um, so this comes from, I believe, and you can correct me, the stay section. Um, sometimes working in a school is the equivalent of being in the movie Mean Girls. (laughs) There are cliques and gossip and people who are just downright nasty. Add that to your haters and it can feel like your worst high school nightmare come to life. But in the face of such circumstances, your job isn't to succumb to the negativity. Nope. Your job is to be great in spite of what is going on around you. Yes. I love that. That is one of my um, one of my,
1: my my favorite Parts of my book, if I can have a favorite part oh, of my see, book. Oh, see, I picked the favorite part. Um, there's another one, but okay. that that one um, is because um, even in my career, um, that I've had people who just were just mean, mm-hmm. and I mean weren't mm-hmm. supportive. Um, I've seen it with other educators. Um, sometimes, as educators, sometimes even as women, we have the tendency to um, want to not celebrate. When our sister or our colleagues does something well, we want to downplay them and roll them under a bus. Yes, um, and even when that happens, you can't you can't let them steal steal your shine. Right, and you've got to be
0: excellent anyway. So, on that note, we're going to go to a break, and I I want to know a little bit more about this because I I've experienced the mean girl phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So I want to stay on this just for a minute. Um, so stay with us. We'll be right back on the live exchange. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela and joining me today is Dr. Chantrice Coleman who is here to help me dissect this topic of life purpose. So we were just talking about her her book and the quote in her book that talked about mean girls. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been a victim of mean girls. So let's talk about that a little bit. How have you experienced that
1: in your life? Um, well, interestingly enough, um, I was bullied most of my childhood, <laughs> so me too. Uh, Mean Girls <laughs> is something that I'm, I'm pretty familiar with. Um, but even in my professional life, um, I've had people um, that, you know, I thought were my colleagues, we're going to put colleagues in air quotes. quotes, mm-hmm. um, who have either said some pretty um, sarcastic or ugly things to me or behind my back, especially as... I really started walking in my purpose, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and things started becoming very positive for me. Um, I remember a situation where I had a student um, who would, like, skip every class but mine. Like, he was, he, <laughs> every class but mine. But he was actually one of my favorites. He had a twin brother. And um, they were always in trouble. But they weren't always in trouble because they were bad kids. They were always in trouble because they questioned everything. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take credit for that because I, um, <laughs> I encourage my students to, to, to do that. Yes. And so, um, but he was failing my class because he wouldn't do any of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, he took uh, his end of the course standardized test. <clears throat> and rocked like a ninety six on it. Wow! Which didn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you would look at his grades in the grade book and you would look at his tests and you're like, how was that even a thing? And I right. said, because he's smart, he just not every child should be in the four walls of a school. Yes. So when his test scores came out, there was a teacher who was across the hall from me, and and um, I was just so excited. I was in the hallway. I was like, oh my god, he got a ninety six! And she kind of looked at me and she said, you must have cheated for him. Whoa. And I'm looking at him like, ah, uh, I'm sorry. I don't, that's not what I do. She said, well, he doesn't do anything in my class. So clearly, you know, you helped him out. I said, wow. I said, no, I, I, I didn't. He, you know, he came to class. We had, you know, we had a relationship. Um, and he told me he was going to, he was, he was going to do well. And she's right. just like, I don't believe it. She's like, you're not that good. Wow. <laughs> so- because your
0: light was a slap in the face to her. Right.
1: Um, and so, and, and that that, I, that hasn't happened often, but mm-hmm. it's happened enough, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen it happen to other teachers where I just kind of sit back and was like, did she really just, or did he really just? Yeah. Um, and how? so, you just have to learn to be great anyway. Yes. You know what's the yes. you know put on your cr- straighten your crown and just handle it. Yeah. Um, in spite of. Um,
0: right. um, so yeah, absolutely wow. And and if any of you have a story that you'd like to share, you know, give us a call six seven eight six one three five eight five seven. I I just I think that's so interesting because it was very loud and clear to me that okay, so she hasn't taken the time to get to know right. this student to know that this right. was his. Capacity, mm-hmm. you know, to begin with, yep. and and as you said, you built a relationship, so you had that kind of understanding of him. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and it's interesting. I've I've had similar situations um, from um, the standpoint of realizing that somebody looks at me in a certain way that I didn't realize was the case. Um, and you know, we had a situation, um, where, where there was a scheduling decision that was made for me to teach a class that I really was not (laughs) well versed in. And I later learned, um, the individual who scheduled it later approached me and said, I have to be honest. I, I did that because I was jealous of you. Wow. So at least
1: they were transparent Uh,
0: and you never would know these things, you know? And so it's, like the mean girl act was in, in assigning it because mm-hmm. it was a you know but then later coming back around and I'm grateful that the individual had the the wherewithal to, to even do that right. uh, but sometimes we don't realize why some things are happening and a lot mm. of it could be mean girl quotes acts right. that we don't even realize you know is, is being committed right so um, but we'll, we'll be right back we've got more stay with us on the live exchange welcome back (laughs) to the live (laughs) exchange you gotta be all cute Um, we're talking about life purpose and we're looking at um, life purpose from the standpoint of um, well teach stay love is a book by Dr. Chantris Holliman who is here um, to talk about that but life purpose doesn't come easy you know there are things that we have to go through right. um, before we actually walk in it, before we even realize that it is a part of, you know, who we are. Um, give us a call. 678-613-5857. So one of the things that um, I've been reading a book, it's called the book of joy hmm. and it's by the Dalai Lama and um, um, no, gosh, Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I, Okay, I should be ashamed of myself Um, (laughs) because it's it's the two like uh, religious leaders who are oh my goodness. Okay, well it'll come to me. Um, But that the two of them engage in conversation, and the Mm -hmm. book is really about the insight that comes from um, their their conversations. Um, And so the Dalai Lama um, has called well, what he said is the Dalai Lama has called the very purpose of life. Um, the goal of avoiding suffering and discovering happiness. Mm -hmm. So the purpose, our purpose is to avoid suffering and to discover happiness. What do you think about that? Do you agree or disagree? Not that I'm trying to get you to dispute the, the Dalai Lama here, (laughs) but could life purpose be this simple? Is it not deeper or is this really the essence of, of what it is?
1: Uh, Ah, to avoid suffering and find happiness. Um, I can, s- mm. <laughs> I put I, her on the spot here all right, Well, because it's, it's part of me wants to say it's deeper than that, mm-hmm. but, and maybe just my analytical mind is like, it can't possibly be that simple. It can't, it just, it just can't <laughs> be, there has to be something else. Um, but to avoid suffering and find happiness. hmm. Maybe it is the purpose, but I don't,
0: I, I want to know how you do, how you do that. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you well, and it doesn't say to, to eliminate suffering. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, to avoid it, to minimize it, you know, as much as okay. possible. Okay. Well, then then I can, I can, I can get with
1: that. Um, And I think that if you are walking in your purpose, mm-hmm. then I think to a degree you're avoiding suffering and walking in
0: happiness and, Well, and you're doing the same for others i right. think so we have a caller so um hello who's on the line hi
1: this
0: is robbie ramsey hello <laughs> hi, i'm robbie ramsey <laughs> where are you calling from I, I just i just really wanted to call in and say that i absolutely love uh dr holman and Aww. i think that she is a major
2: major inspiration in so
0: many people's lives. Oh wow! Oh,
1: thank you. How Robbie. so?
0: Can you speak to that? She's so modest. She has not yet told us that mm. she's an inspiration to so many people. So what? <laughs> what does she do that's so inspirational? Um, what? What does? She, what has she done? Yes. She. is Hello. Oh. Uh oh. It's. I know. I know. You know what is so important about Dr. Shintrice is that even when she's
2: at her lowest point, mm-hmm. she is always able to lift other
1: people mm-hmm. in her life.
0: Wow. That is big. That is big. Wow.
1: Thanks, well, Robbie. Thank you. And
0: and that is and that and thank you so much for calling. Um and, and that's exactly you're even when you're down, you're helping other people, and that I guess if we want to say that this is helping other people avoid suffering and discovering their happiness despite what's going on in your life And, you know i, I would assume in in your down times, you're trying to bring yourself out of it um yeah it, it's interesting that she would um she would say that because
1: um no. I've always um been told that you know one of my gifts is the the gifts of helps mm-hmm. that I'm always i'm a i'm I'm mm-hmm. a mother for real Hi Asada. that's my child if she's um <laughs> if she's listening um <clears throat> but that I've always been a mother
2: mm-hmm.
1: and if if in your mom and you mm-hmm. know that that when you have a child and you have children, they are your first priority yes. Um so I think and, and we always tend to put ourselves on the back burner and that's kind of how I've always been.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't know where that came from. I'm an only child. Um but one of the things that I've had actually heard people say about me is that you know even at my old school my nickname was was Mama Westlick because I was everybody's mama. Mm. I was teachers mama, I was I was the students mother. Um and I think that's where that comes from okay. of, of just sort of having that 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 motherly spirit of wanting to make sure that
0: everybody is okay before um, I take care of myself. So mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, and, and sometimes we have to re- be reminded to take care of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I am learning. I get that as well. And, <laughs> but you know, and it's just like the old oxygen oxygen mask analogy, right? You know, we, we take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others yeah. and um, we're much better equipped to do so when we're in good shape ourselves. So I'm still learning. that. Yes, I'm working on it. Yes. So it's (laughs) and we all have our our areas to work on. It's certainly one um, for myself as well. Um, So we're going to get into Love Notes. Love
2: Notes with Dr. Pamela.
0: Okay, so I have this question from a listener, Morel, and uh, her question was she inboxed me with this one. um, Dear Dr. Pamela, purpose is great and all. But I need to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone isn't a Gandhi. I have a mortgage to pay. What if paying the mortgage is my purpose? Why do I need to look for something bigger than that? Hmm. Wow. That's a good question. I'm Mm -hmm. looking at Dr. Holloman like, hmm, you got anything on that?
1: (laughs) What if my purpose is paying the mortgage? I get it, mm-hmm. um, but I just believe that, and this is, and this is not to say that your purpose isn't to pay the mortgage. Right. I think, but I think that you can still operate in something bigger. And the key, especially with the icky guy, mm-hmm. is to find how to operate in something bigger, i.e., something that you love that also allows you the finances to pay the mortgage. Right. So um, what the world um, needs. it's what what the world, what the world needs. Um, and again, I, I get it. Um, but if what you're doing to pay the mortgage isn't fulfilling,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it's not what you love, there you go. And it's not, um, and again, I've been there and mm-hmm. I've had some jobs that I hated, mm-hmm. but I needed them because I had a daughter right. um, and I had to pay the mortgage and, you know, she likes to eat mm-hmm. and, you know, we needed a car. Um, and at those times, I was miserable because right. I knew I wasn't operating in what it was that I... And, and at the time, I didn't know what that was. Right. You know, I had to kind of, you know, figure it out and try some things. And it, it wasn't until much, much later. Um, but I, I think the key is to pay your mortgage while you're walking in your purpose. Hmm. Now, if, if if just paying your mortgage is doing it for you, great. Because for some people, that's that's good enough. Right. Um, but I just... Part of that makes me a little sad yeah. because I think that um, we were all created to to be something bigger than maybe what we think we are. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. So, again, if if paying your mortgage is doing it for you and you're happy and you're fulfilled, great. Um, but wouldn't it be even better if you could pay your mortgage and be at that
0: place of icky guy walking in your
1: purpose? Right.
0: I love that. And, you know, and, and if we look at it from a, um, a relative standpoint, you know, for some people, maybe paying the mortgage is a great victory because maybe they've come from generations of poverty and, and this is, but that doesn't mean that's where it stops. Right. It means that maybe this is the, the great accomplishment of, of your past Mm -hmm. so but we keep accomplishing we keep progressing we don't just stop and 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 that's it and there's nothing more that i will accomplish right i I don't know how we can live it's it's um kind of like that um idea of change or die i mean Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know how our our skin cells are changing as we're sitting here talking um so we have to change you know so so i i get it as well like you said um but i also think and i think take pride and and be you know if this is truly a victory for right. you honor that so it's because certainly don't want to minimize it by any means but also challenge yourself to dig deeply and see if, is there something else right. you know and there.
1: sometimes that's just scary it is you know
0: we you know having to, to move out of your
1: Your comfort zone. Um, People who know me know that the the name of my company is Disturb the Universe. I
0: love that. And it actually comes
1: from a T.S. Eliot poem. Um, But the whole concept of that is that it's it's beyond getting out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's beyond thinking outside the box. It's it's making you uncomfortable to making yourself uncomfortable and making the people around you uncomfortable to the point where there is a massive shift Hmm. in a different direction that is leading you towards your
0: purpose. Wow. So there is this, um, this new show, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very brief, like 10 minute episode, it's Coco, it's a show where this woman um, talks about race, and, and it's it's kind of a spin-off, it's a parody, but it really deals with some serious mm-hmm. racial issues in a really creative way, and one of the things that she said, because she's at a party, and and it's pretty much predominantly white participants, and right. she's talking about Black Lives Matter, and uh-huh. her friend's like, I need you to chill out, and she said, why is everybody obsessed with being comfortable? You know, and it was such a yep. good point, you know, while it's supposed to be comical and but I mean, it drives home some really good points. Why are we obsessed with being comfortable? Mm. Um, Lee, I'll leave you with that. We'll um, Be right back. Live. 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 What? <laughs> Welcome back. The live exchange. <laughs> we are in our second hour and um, we are talking about life purpose. The live exchange is where we talk about compelling, uh, where well, we have compelling dialogue around love, politics, and intellect every Thursday, 11 to 1. So we are halfway through, and today we're talking about life purpose, and I'm joined by Dr. Chantrice Holloman, teacher, author of Teach, Day Love, blogger, mm-hmm. and uh, she has a lot of really great insight on this topic. Um, there's one point that I had mentioned at the beginning of the show earlier that I would love to revisit, um, um, because I would love to hear your your thoughts on mm-hmm. this, and this this is actually coming, shameless plug, from my own upcoming book, <laughs> <laughs> um, Secret uh, Secrets of the Obsessed. Um, Once we've overcome one dark period, even Mm -hmm. after enlightenment, success, bright, flowy clothes and bliss, we may be faced with another dark period and another and another. Guess what? After triumph, there is always another journey waiting for you, another person who needs you, another lesson to be learned. We are constantly challenged to defend and uphold that purpose we've been given, to raise strong children, to inspire the brokenhearted, to serve as life-changing medical professionals, to be the voices of those rarely heard, whatever that is for you. So how do we stay the course? We stay the course by focusing on purpose. One of the things I didn't know when I was, you know, dreaming big about what I want to be when I grow up and what I'm going to, what career I'm going to delve into. And I paid close attention to Oprah and the guests she would have on the show, especially Mm -hmm. now, now that she does the Super Soul Sundays. And I look at their journeys and I was, Naive in the sense that I thought once they went through their dark periods, they were good for life, yeah, you know, no. they, they, the rest of their life was supposed to be dedicated to teaching the rest of us. And so that was my goal. Once I get through my dark period, I'm good. What if- Mm, Thoughts? Dr. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's that's
1: definitely not how that works. Um, it would be nice, though, wouldn't it be? Um, if once you went through um, one dark period, you just kind of you were good, you were set. But um, life in general, life ebbs and flows. Yes. So um, if you live long enough, you know something else will will, will come will come back around. Um, yeah. I, I, I never. I think I wished that growing up, and mm-hmm. I've I've been through some pretty interesting dark periods um, in my life. Um, I think I wished that um, and really spent a lot of time questioning, you know, I thought I was good. I thought mm-hmm. I thought all was all was well. And then something came in and knocked me flat on my behind. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, and I think what's changed with me isn't so much that I don't expect Bad things or challenging things to happen. It's how I respond That's to it. them yes. when they happen. I'm um, going to share this this quick story. Um, uh, I have an I have an amazing husband. Hi, CJ, if you're listening. Um, and uh, there were some things that we had been. He's a he's a pastor. He's a educator. He he does like he's a Q. Hey,
2: um, <laughs> he
1: does all all these amazing things. And um, we had been praying for some things to things to happen in our lives. And like almost like in in quick succession, it was like. Boom, good thing, good thing, Mm. good thing. And we were just like, this is great. Oh, my God, I can't believe all these good things are happening. Um, And then one day we got a phone call. And we had to travel to his hometown. Yes. Because um, his mother, his father, and his oldest son, uh, my my stepson, had been murdered. And it was like a punch in the gut like I have never experienced before in my life. Mm. Because it was how can we go from the answers to prayers to this. Right. Um, and it it shook us both to our core. Um, and what has sustained us both, and I'm gonna say what has sustained me is watching him. Um, he relied on his faith. Hmm. Everything that he believed that God said um, is what is is holding him up. And it's what's watching him is what's holding me up. Um, So following him while he follows his faith in God is what is sustaining. And when these things happened and I kind of look around, the good things still happened. Yeah. Um, And when I looked back over my life, sounds like a gospel song. Yes, it does. (laughs) But look back over my life, Mm. I realized the things that got me over, that got me out of those dark periods Mm. was my faith. And even when I doubted, and even when I was just like, I can't believe, and I wanted to wallow in in misery, right. that I'm responding differently to that now. I, I'm beginning to operate in my faith. So, hmm. um, yeah, life is gonna is gonna is gonna sucker punch you. Yeah, but it's how you respond to the sucker punch. Right. Um,
0: that that and that's quite a sucker punch. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember seeing you on Facebook, thinking. Everything's great. Your your posts right before that. Mm-hmm. Life is good. Life is yep. good. And I'm like, whoa. What yep. happened? Yep. What is she asking for? Pr- what in the world? And yeah. So I'm. Thank you for sharing that oh, story. You're welcome. My pleasure. All right. Well, we will be back. Stay with us on the Live Exchange.
1: Primary election. Black and diversity. Ash
0: prices. Michael Glass. Trending topics. All right. You guys are going to love this one. So I don't know how many of you have heard of the, the new um, HBO's proposed show, Confederate. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> Amazon came through with a strong clapback to HBO's Confederate. I don't know if you heard about it. Um, it's called... It's own, It came with its own alternative history show um, called Black America. Uh-huh.
1: So here's so
0: Confederate. Um, the whole premise behind that show, if you guys don't know, it it, it envisions an alternate history where, um, well, it, it basically looks at what if the South had won the Civil mm-hmm. War and and the and slavery never went away and and we just I just got a headache. Yeah, <laughs> and we were able to continue on the way things were because mm. the the Confederacy won. Mm. Well. Black America, let me tell you how you guys, how do you like this one? Black America envisions an alternate history where newly freed African Americans have secured the southern states of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama post-Reconstruction as um, reparations for slavery. So now this is all of us. How about that? Um, And with that land, the freedom to shape their own destiny wow yes that's a strong clapback. <laughs> yes shout out to amazon now this is something that people of color particularly black folks could and probably should not probably get behind um not this this fantasy about what if the south had you know would have risen <sighs> nah, bro, are we good on that no we are good <laughs> on that so uh but i love it and even and even black america because doesn't you know, for those of you who are like, well, that's just two wrongs don't make a right. Black America isn't coming from the standpoint of we're oppressing right. people. It just comes just from live the life. standpoint that we are, mm-hmm. yes, we're thriving. Um, and so I, I really, I love that. So, you know, Amazon? an Amazon's, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and that's one thing I love about TV these days is there's so much independent TV right. going on nowadays, right. um, and it's really giving us power to tell our stories. Yep. From our own mouths, from right. our own pens and I absolutely love it. Uh, so that's one trending topic. Number two, um, your president, um, they're at it again and it's been reported that Department of Justice will yep. redirect its civil rights yep. resources toward investigating and yep. or suing yep. colleges and universities. So this is my domain over affirmative action admissions pro- pro- policies deemed to discriminate against white applicants. I'm gonna this? keep my mouth
1: shut on this one because I don't want <laughs> I don't I don't want to offend anybody. But
0: yes, so this has Jeff Sessions and Steve banning written all over it. Oh yes, yes. Um, Forty five is at least living to his mantra of making America great again <laughs> from their standpoint. Oh, and I was like, okay. he. No, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> from from the standpoint of what the the true meaning of that phrase, right? And we know what the true meaning of that phrase is. Um, he's he's trying to live that whole thing out. Um, so yes it we we need to pay attention we need to read between the lines um yeah and and it was yeah. just struck down you know it was yep. in, in texas mm-hmm. where i remember it was that. ruled that no this was not a case of discrimination so now we're going to open that back up and mm-hmm. and and examine that again so we're going backwards because there's nothing else that's more important right to but, deal ab- with absolutely than, right now than this issue. not north
1: korea or right. nope. russia Mm-mm. or you know not, any of that it. doesn't Mm-mm. matter nope
0: nope, nope and number three congresswoman I love her Maxine Waters yes reclaiming my time reclaiming my time yes (laughs) yes she is letting y'all know that if you don't come straight with no chaser she's reclaiming her time I love her go Aunt Maxine I love her I love her and you know when I was living in California I mean she was she was just as vocal as she is now it wasn't any different. It's just now that people are paying attention. Mm -hmm. Now that, you know, social media is tweeting what she's saying. So this woman has been this way since the beginning. Love her. Love her. So those are your trending topics. Pay attention to what's going on. I know it's hard sometimes. I have to kind of monitor my own, you know, how much of the news I take in because this is, you know, it's a lot. It's interesting (laughs) out there. (laughs) Stay with us. We'll be right back on The live Exchange. Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and we are talking life purpose. Give us a call, 678 613 5857, and you will um, be able to ask us questions, chat with us, um, insert your opinions, <laughs> <laughs> all of that good stuff. And I'm joined by Dr. Chantrice Holloman, and um, she's written a book, Think, Teach. <laughs> I was going to say, Think. Oh, teach. Well, think is important too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but teach stay love my goodness. I'm stuttering on this one. <laughs> so we actually, we were going to have a second guest who isn't, he's feeling a little under the weather, right. but I was going to ask this question of both of you, but it was based on his book. So mm-hmm. I'm going to read this quote from his book Okay. and I would love to hear what you have to say about it. So, um, and, and this is, um, Robert Pierce and his book is, um, navigating through this thing called life. Hmm. And he talks about in chapter two, when your dream dies right in front of you. Wow. And that happens. Um, and so he says this here. He says, let me say this early on. Facing the truth isn't easy. This chapter was the hardest for me to write because I needed to confront some truths in my own life before I dare challenge anyone else to stare truth in the face. So what I wanted to ask both of you, so I'm going to mm. ask you, um, What were there parts of your book that challenged you as you wrote it to face your own truth? Um, yes. Yes. Um.
1: <laughs> Yes. Um but they were attached to um moments or situations that challenged me, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So writing them down wasn't hard, but the the actual um situation that occurred was difficult. Got um, it. And so there's a and I can't I can't remember what section of the book it's in, um, where I kind of um, rip, no, I'm gonna say I, I ripped it off. I, I didn't. I um, didn't keep it. Yeah, I um. Hmm. Well, <laughs> it's Tupac. So um, you know, Tupac wrote right. um has a whole book of poetry called mm-hmm. "The Rose That Grew from Concrete," and so I kind of borrowed it a little bit. And I said, if a rose can grow from concrete, um, then you can find a flower in the desert. Mm. Um, wow. and and the whole uh, concept behind that was being in a situation that you didn't want to be in, um, but finding the positive in that. And Mm -hmm. so, um, the story is this, that I was, I was at my previous school and I was really unhappy and I wanted to leave. I was, I was just fed up and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to be here. Um, and, um, then something really interesting happened. Like I was looking for jobs and nothing was coming through. And then I got really sick. Um, I have lupus. And so I ended up, um, like having to go to the emergency room, um, I was in excruciating pain, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And finally, my doctor, I went to the doctor the next day, and he's looking at my test results, and he, like, he fussed me all the way down. Like, mm-hmm. I think he made me even use actual cuss words. <laughs> um, Because I was that person. I was the workaholic. I was the mm-hmm. one who was going to put in... 20 hours a day of a 24 hour day, you know, doing things. And he had been telling me for a while, this was post lupus diagnosis. So knew well, no, I, I didn't no, 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 I did know. Okay, um, okay, I was diagnosed in 2006. Got it. And so okay. this is 2015. I see. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm not one to admit when I'm not feeling well, I'm not, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm always have the brave face on. And, um, he pretty much told me, he said, if I'm putting you on, um, on medical leave, um, and I was like, I, I can't be on medical leave. I, I have to go to work. I have things I have to do. I have projects. He's like, he said, if you don't sit down, you're going to die. Wow. And I was like, oh, well, well. when you put it like that. Um, and so a really interesting thing happened. I called my principal and I told her what happened. And she said, great. She said, I need you to rest. She said, we'll take care of everything until mm. you get back. Wow. And I remember kind of looking at the phone like, did she just say that wow. they were going to take care of? And so that's kind of where the huh. quote came from. Because – Um, And if you read it in the book, I I said, you know, had I been someplace else, had I gotten the job that I thought I wanted, had all these things come through and this happened, Mm. I'd have been fired. I might very well have been living under a bridge. But because I was in this place that I thought was my barren land, Mm -hmm. um, Mm. I was able to receive what I needed, which was the support from my administration the support of my colleagues the support wow. of my students and at the same time i was working on my dissertation and <laughs> <laughs> so i know how that is yes so um i had to um i had to become grateful mm-hmm. for this moment where i wasn't at MIT. you know i needed some help yeah um and you know there's an old adage that said if you don't if you don't um take time for yourself the the universe or whoever it is that you believe that for me, you know, God knocked me on my behind mm-hmm. and told me to just sit down somewhere. So, wow,
0: yeah. wow. <laughs> you know, and what's, what jumps out at me is, is when you said, you know, that barren land that mm-hmm. you thought you were in and lo and behold, what you needed was actually, was actually there. there. There's a flower in the desert. Wow. Yep. Did you guys get that? <laughs> that That's really good. That's really good. Um, well, we, I hate to transition out of that, but we, we got to get into some research. Awesome. Some research. <laughs> In the
2: interest of science.
0: Science.
2: Science. 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 science.
0: All right. So <laughs> we are. So the science that we're going to get into is a little bit of counterintuitive. To what we've been talking about um so i don't know if you've heard of um there's a there's a whole school of thought out there it's called absurdism and nihilism have mm-hmm. you heard of either yeah so uh, and i'll define for you all what this is so um it, it, in a nutshell there is no such thing as life, life purpose is is where this whole idea comes from so the absurd which is the, the root for absurdism, refers to the conflict between the human tendency to seek inherent value and meaning in life and the human inability to find anything. Wow. So it's kind of like that idea that our search for purpose is absurd because there's no purpose out there. And it's that process of searching um, that they're labeling absurdism. In this context, absurd does not mean logically impossible, but rather humanly impossible. The universe and the human mind do not each separately cause the absurd, but rather the absurd arises by the contradictory nature of the two existing simultaneously. So the 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 whole idea is that... There is no such thing as purpose. And by spending our time and our energy and our minds on trying to seek it out, we are in a state of absurdism in that process. So it goes on to, um, and this comes from the, the the. the larger, like I said, idea that there is no such thing as life purpose. And that's um, from the um, nihilist point of view. So I there's a chart here that I pulled, and it's um, it looks at four different um, belief systems. So we have atheistic essentialism. Mm-hmm. We have monotheistic essentialism. Monotheistic is more I, I believe in a god. More. Atheistic is I don't believe in a god. Absurdism is what I just said. There's really no greater purpose here, mm-hmm. and then nihilism um, is is probably the most extreme to the whole idea. Right. Absurdism, absurdism, at least allows room to explore whether or not there is mm-hmm. purpose. Nihilism was, is, is like nah. no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you look at the different viewpoints from each of these, so for example, um, there is no such there is a such thing as meaning or value. Atheist uh, says yes monotheistic says yes absurdism says maybe mm-hmm. nihilism says no the other question is there is inherent meaning in the universe um, atheistic says no mm-hmm. monotheistic says yes but the individual must have come to the knowledge of God absurdism is maybe but humans can never know it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then nihilism no nihilism
1: <laughs> is just no, all no. Yeah. no 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 no
0: the pursuit of meaning may have meaning in itself so that whole the the the, the pursuit of finding meaning and purpose may have meaning mm-hmm. atheistic says yes monotheistic says yes absurdism says maybe nihilism says no so it's it's just that whole it it's interesting because i never thought that there was a continuum between uh, uh, you know representing Yes, there absolutely is purpose. No, there absolutely is not purpose. Not from a scholarly standpoint. Right. There is, there is literature out there um, where people are, are uh, you know, I don't know how they study this, you know, but it's social science, and there's a lot of different mm. <laughs> um, ways that we look at things. Um, and the other two, individuals' construction of any type of meaning is possible. The first three, yes, yes, yes. Um, the last one, no. Um, and then the last one, there is resolution in the individual's desire to seek meaning. Yes, yes, maybe, and no. So when we come back, we're going to delve into this a little bit. Um, because so stay I have I thought about that. Yes, <laughs> I would love to hear it. So we'll be right back on the live exchange. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the live exchange. Uh, we are currently in the science. We're looking at the research, and that is sponsored by um, Hits easy heads, they do hair, natural hair, natural hair products. Love it. Um, yes, and then coming up, we're going to get, um, I have another love note um, with some advice, and um, we also have the balance challenge coming up. Uh, but right now, um, I just presented the whole concept of absurdism and nihilism, which um, comes from the body of work that 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 is, that is asserts that there is no such thing as life purpose, and the pursuit of such um, leads us into a state of absurdism. So what are your thoughts on that, Dr.
1: Okay, so the very very first thing that kind of came to mind is um okay and I don't know how people are going to receive this but um if you spend your life trying to pursue purpose then you're not living okay um i my thought is that you you live your life, and purpose will find you. Mm. Um, the problem is, is that for a lot of us, we don't listen.
0: Yes, <laughs> or we
1: ignore the signals, or you know, the little, um, the little things that kind of cross our paths. You know that that might have been coincidence, but that could have been a a, a, a hint, mm-hmm. um, a God wink, as it were. Right. Um, and I think that you we we and the reason why we get frustrated is if we keep looking for our purpose. Mm. Um, and we keep looking for it. And we keep looking for it, and 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 we're so focused on trying to find whatever we think our purpose is mm-hmm. that our purpose could be sitting over here, like waving, like, "Hey, I'm over here." Where? But because you're so focused on pursuing it, that you don't, um, that you don't notice or that you don't know that it's it's right here. Um, you, I think you live long enough; um, it will it will find you right. once you start paying attention to what's going on like for example i have a, a a coworker, a former coworker named jenna hi jenna i hope you're listening <laughs> um and jenna has was always told that she had like beautiful handwriting and she does and i wish i had her she made me all of these lovely little notes to give to my teachers and, and i was just like did you just stumble across this and she said well no people always told me i had nice handwriting mm-hmm. but now like it's gone from just oh i'm just i have nice handwriting to now like i ordered more notes from her I'm like I'm gonna need wow. 30 more of these and now like other people are coming along like these are so great I need to buy this much and she wasn't looking for her looking for that mm-hmm. um and she does a whole bunch of other stuff but she wasn't looking for that she was just living life wow. and she was just sort of doing what she loved and all of a sudden and they're all these really encouraging notes so she can make you know whatever you want but she wasn't looking for it, it just kind of you yeah. know came up to her and was like hi and she was like hi and now she has this wonderful (laughs) sort of side hustle that um, that she's she's doing and so you know I I think that you we get frustrated because we're looking for it instead of living and continuing to move forward and letting it kind of find us.
0: That is so interesting. It's, it's like love. Yeah, you know, it's exactly.
1: <laughs> Stop looking forward and it's going to show up. Yes. One day I have to tell you the whole story about how my husband and I met. Uh, yeah, I wasn't looking. I love and it. he just showed up. And I, I was like, it. really?
0: Because I wasn't looking for you. And, you know, <laughs> and there he there, is. There he is. Wow. Well, you know what? I love that because it, it gives this whole concept of absurdism um, more of a, a grounded standpoint mm-hmm. you know so it's not because and, in, and even in looking at these four questions there's such a thing as um meaning or value there's inherent meaning they're in the pursuit of meaning mm-hmm. it doesn't say no that right. there's no meaning in the pursuit it says maybe and so if your pursuit becomes this thing that that takes actually holds you back from finding right. your purpose because you're looking so hard um then you know you're you're Wasting your time or, Mm -hmm. you know, I I love that. I I actually never thought about it that way. So that was the first thing that
1: came to mind. I was like,
0: that's hmm. really good. That's really good. That's really great. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we have um, the the whole idea of absurdism and then we have nihilism. Again, nihilism is don't even look. It ain't there. It's not coming to you. Those Those are the miserable people. It's not. And I wonder, though, if we looked at just that particular group. I don't know. Do you know anybody who has kind of Mm. approached life in this way Mm -hmm. and how has because my if I had somebody here at the table right now, I would ask them, how do you get through the storms? How do you get through the hard times if you don't have purpose? Because for me, that's the only way I know how to. Um, And and I'm just wondering, is there some other strategy that I just don't know about? Yeah, I, I
1: don't I don't know. I do know people who are just like, you know, we're here. And that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's, that's a really sad existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the one hand, some people will say, well, yeah, but if I'm not looking for purpose, and I have no pressure to find it. Yeah. So that means that I can kind of live my life how I, I want just to say that. Yeah. And it's great. But just in my spirit, I'm just like, okay you know, maybe that maybe that's what works for you. But there's no
0: spirit. But there's if no, there's no
1: <laughs> if you're not. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you're doing that. But they yeah. say, I mean, some people seem to be really happy. Yeah. And they're just like, Hey, I don't have the pressure that you guys have. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. And then I've seen some people who are miserable. Mm-hmm. Um And I want to say part that I think sometimes people get to that point, because they're trying to find their purpose mm-hmm. instead of just because it getting real frustrating right. if you're like you're looking here you're looking here and you're not finding it it's like well then there must not be one.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because I have people ask me that question a lot. I mean, I, um, a lot of the work I do deals with purpose. The mm-hmm. book that I'm writing deals with purpose. So I have people asking me, how do I find my purpose? How do I find my purpose? And, um, I, you know, and what I've always told them, mm-hmm. you know, I might have to think about how I, you know, address that question now. Um, but what I've always told them is it's, it's just in what you love to do. So mm-hmm. just keep doing that, you know, and the rest of it will unfold. But just focus on what it is that you love to do. And, and that works too.
1: Yeah. And that, and that, and that works too. Yep.
0: And it, and it doesn't, you know, what I'm also finding though, it doesn't always come out of what you enjoy, mm. you know, because there are things that, um, I've found ways in which I have touched people's lives and, and helped people. And I would not have wished for that particular position because yep. it means that because I, I inspired them because I went through a divorce and I yep. went through it in a way that, inspired other people to to think about, rethink how they mm-hmm. divorce. I don't want to be the role model right. for that. <laughs> so so sometimes it it just comes out of your, your journey. There's a concept called post traumatic growth. And hmm. um and that is when you go through a traumatic experience and traumatic trauma is relative. Right. So for some people one situation that's traumatic may be like what really for somebody else right so so we define trauma um, based on our own experiences in our journey but when we have experienced a traumatic situation and we have learned how to rise and and live better lives or be stronger as a result of that experience Mm -hmm. that's what's um, termed post-traumatic growth that makes sense we don't want to be people who have had to experience post traumatic growth because that means we've had to experience the trauma. The, the, the trauma, right? But there's a lot of times no way around experiencing the trauma. It is what it is. It's you know it's part of the journey of our lives. It's not something that um, we don't necessarily say. Well, I'm glad that happened. So now I can. <laughs> Woo, yes, you know. that pain was great. <laughs> right that is not (laughs) but when it does happen and we do grow from it it does um part of the the research behind post-traumatic growth is that it you're a catalyst for change to other people even without trying just in them watching you
1: well and i and i'm I'm, anybody who knows me knows that you know i say this often is that we never go through anything for ourselves Mm -hmm. it's always for somebody who we haven't met yet right um so when you kind of think about that trauma is like okay. Clearly, I'm going through this for someone that I'm going to meet. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know when, but when I meet that person, I'll know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. And and, and you, if you can be conscious of that, because mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't. We're just in our own. Oh yeah, this is all 2020. Yeah, uh, yeah we definitely yeah. I was wasn't thinking say, about this while I was going moment, through it. We we you know it's why is why right. is this happening? Everything yep. was great, and now this, and you know. Yes. So, uh, but if we can somehow pull that mindset into play in the midst of it. It's not easy. Yeah, I'm not there. But if we can do that, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one way of getting through. And post-traumatic growth actually um, trains our brains to think that way mm. when we go through subsequent traumatic situations. We get better at dealing with trauma. I have um, learned so much on this show today. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, good, good. Okay, balance challenge.
2: Balancing your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr.
0: Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Okay, so the Balance Challenge is brought to you by BBLA Cosmetics. Breathe Beauty LA. They are the ones responsible for my face. (laughs) And I love it. I love the work that they do. So check them out. Um, They're in the Sugarloaf Meals Mall, but they also have a website, BBLA Cosmetics.com. Um, so the Love of Your Life or are, are the, the, the Balance Challenge. I'm transitioning into changing this name. So just you, the you, you got a sneak preview. But the balance challenge. So this we talked about it the last hour, the icky guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna post it so you can see what it looks like. But it really looks at four primary elements. It looks at what do you love? What does the world need? What can you be paid for? And what are you good at? The intersection of those four elements is um, is how you get to ikigai. Mm -hmm. And ikigai is a a Japanese um, concept for why we are here. What what is our why are we even here? So um, if you can think about, is there a common answer for these four questions? What do you love? What does the world need? What can you be paid for? And what are you good at? And there may not just be one answer. There be you know there may be multiple answers, but the the idea is that that one answer goes across all four right. questions. Uh, it's not easy. It's not something that um, you know. There may be some maneuvering that needs to happen. Some you know I, I mentioned in the last hour that let's say it's writing. Um, y- you know you may love writing, um, but is it what the world needs? Right. So. Y- The answer isn't always automatically yes. (laughs) There there is an angle to your writing, um, a particular um, story or a particular genre that may be more of what the world needs than something else. Right. So, and there's not a rule to it. Um, So somebody may say, you know, comics, that's just a joke. That isn't meaningful. I beg to differ. Yep. You know, there are people's lives that have been touched and inspired and, and all of this. So, so what you have to bring to the table may touch a particular population that may not impact another right. but but there's yep. there is a group that you are um, destined to to touch, to change.
1: Yep, I agree with that.
0: So this is your challenge for the week. I want you to look at those four elements. What do you love? What does the world need? What can you be paid for? And what are you good at? Those are the things I want you to consider. Find out what that one thing is that rings true for all four of those, and you will have achieved, Ikigai. guy. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back. welcome back to the live exchange i'm dr pamela it's smooth love hour I love, that. <laughs> yes. I love it i love it so we're talking about life purpose and i have dr Chantrice Holloman who's joining me to share in this discussion she's had some really great insight on this as well um particularly um with the the, the research and we had spoken about absurdism and i just couldn't wrap my mind i was like why would anybody bash the whole pursuit of purpose? Like, I don't get it. And she put it in such beautiful terms. So, um, and, and if you missed it, you're just gonna have to go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> but in a nutshell, she said that we just shouldn't be so consumed with finding purpose that we forget to live our lives that we, you know, that we really, it, it can be just right there, but we're so laser focused on where's my purpose. You know, we can miss it. Yep and same is the case with love and you know that's we hear that all the time so um one of the things that I I wanted to ask you and you kind of answered the question in the beginning but I want to just ask you straight out because I want to hear what you have to say um but why are you here (laughs) (laughs) well that's
1: not (laughs) a a, a complex question at all (laughs) no
0: um (laughs)
1: wow um I don't know if there's one answer to that question um Mm -hmm. when I look at my life I'm definitely here to be a mother um I have an amazing shout out to my daughter um (laughs) an amazing 20 year old but um, who's at LSU um so I definitely know that I'm here for her but I also have lots of other kids I have lots of other children who have found their way into my life and so um I'm, I'm definitely here for them I'm I'm here to support my husband. I'm here to be a great daughter. Mom and dad, I hope you're listening. Um, (laughs) Gosh, um, if if I was going to go bigger than that, I think I'm here um, to help people who have been wounded by life, Mm. which is I think that's the first time I've said that out loud, out loud, um, because Because when I, when I look at sort of who I'm helping and mm -hmm. the people, and I, and I believe that, that God sends you people on purpose, that there are people that you are connected to because there's something in you that you have to share. Yes. Um, and I've learned, like I said, from a child who was terrified to speak in front of people. I'm now. You know, I do it in my you know I do it in my sleep, mm-hmm. um to a degree. Um, so I think that She's I'm a Holloman,
0: Holloman, Holloman. Speaks. Holloman speaks, which is actually yeah. my my blog. So she uh, went from the
1: the, the the child who wouldn't right. speak to the woman to who just
0: was, you gonna hear me speak. Yeah, <laughs> you gonna hear this, and you may
1: not like it, but you ain't got to follow me, so that's okay. Um, so I I think I think I'm here to 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 to, to make the world a better place. And I know that sounds really you know sort of you know fufu shishi warm fuzzy, but um i believe that mm-hmm. I, I believe to a certain degree we're all here yeah to to do that to you know, in the in the words of Michael Jackson, you know, heal the world, make it a better place mm. for you and for me, and the entire <laughs> entire human race. But I, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that's why I'm here.
0: Well, it's interesting. You know, when you said, "Oh, it sounds fufu shishi," and it's funny because the fufu shishi stuff is now getting its merit, right? It it's, is. You know, it, there's a whole field. It's called positive psychology mm-hmm. now, and 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 so now we're able to embrace that with feeling without feeling like uh they they're going to think that I'm just being, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of way but but there's actually a lot of um merit to that And and for those of you who are not familiar positive psychology is the study of happiness. Oh. And and so it's the study of um, you know, what has gone well in our lives and what's working. Um traditional psychology Oh, I like that so much. <laughs> yes. And and that's you know the the basis of all the work that I do is in positive psychology and um when you know traditional psychology Um, is the study of what's wrong and how to fix what's wrong. And, um, And so it's not to discredit either one. It's to say that, okay, finally, we're looking at it from a multiple, um, I love multiple that. angles. Positive so, psychology. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So um, I've
1: learned so much today
0: <laughs> and I love positive psychology so much. I have actually been looking at getting another PhD in it. I, I'm I just, definitely not. Looking at she's that. like, I'm not no, with you I have on wanted. that, good. but I, I absolutely love the field so much. And I have been told by my mentor, you better sit down and you don't need to get no more degrees. Right. Just, <laughs> so I will possibly listen. Possibly. So one of the questions I have to ask is, um, I, I'm a, uh, I'm all about love. I love love. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to ask a question about you and your husband. Mm-hmm. And you have a distinct purpose. I'm sure he has a distinct purpose. He does. Are you aware of that purpose that he has? And is there any intersection between the purposes that you both have? Um, well, he's a pastor. And um,
1: he will, will tell you that he, he was called... You know, years and years ago, and I and I know that his purpose is to lead, and mm-hmm. I know that his purpose is to um, use the challenges in his life in order to help um, spread the gospel mm-hmm. and um, heal those who are hurting. And when I look at my own life, you know, I've been through some stuff, and I believe that my purpose is to. Spread the gospel in a different way, not mm-hmm. as a pastor or as an ordained minister, and help the, heal those who have who have been hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, our lives are very, very different. You know, he he grew up in Brunswick, Georgia, um, in a, an impoverished neighborhood, and I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, which is kind of like living in like Alpharetta. Okay. So if if you had told me at eighteen that somehow this was who I was going to end up with, I'd be like, how <laughs> is was that even possible? <laughs> um, but when we um, when we met. And we began, and our relationship began to grow, and he got to know me, and I got to know him. I began, even then, I began to say, okay, I can kind of see how or why we're together Mm -hmm. Um, because our backgrounds are very different, but our experiences, and even our experiences are different, but just the Having to go through mm-hmm. and having come out on the other side is one of the threads that kind of brings us um, brings us together. So right. yeah, we I think our, our purposes are. Um are connected. Yeah. Hi, CJ. Okay. <laughs>
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, I, and I, I, I love that because I don't know, when I hear conversations about relationships, I hear relationship experts and all those, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about all these things that we need to be doing and that we don't need to be doing. Um, I rarely hear them talk about the intersection of purpose mm-hmm. between yourself and, and the person that you're partnering with right um and it it just seems so important to me um and it's funny because there are people who will he has frat brothers who will
1: who will come up to me and say y'all two were meant for each other like i think the job was just made because it's it's clear when you see us it's 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 clear when you you hear us talk or or we're out somewhere and people will just say, boy, you mm. you, you two are you know a match made in heaven. I'm like, yeah, we are. It's pretty cool <laughs> literally, yeah, literally.
0: <laughs> I love it, that's great. yeah. and so um, one of the things that I um, also talk a lot about is how when when you are aligning or when you're walking in your purpose, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people will do a lot everything they can to. I, I don't know I pull you down or mm-hmm. or try to dismantle that purpose in it so there's certain people in your life who are there to nurture it, and there's other people who yeah. are there, maybe they're not there to dismantle it, but that's right. what they're doing um when they're there um you know how do you identify the difference between those people um, what has
1: been my experience is that they kind of reveal themselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: um the people who are in your corner the I have a some amazing um, women in my life who have been in my life for a very, very long time. Hi, Lena. Hi, Tawana. Um, (laughs) Make sure I give them their shout-out. Who are... Are my ride or die? Mm-hmm. Who are my crew? Those are my. That's, those are my my, my sisters. Like if I, if I if I if I need, I send out the bat signal and they come running. Yeah, and they've proved that mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and I, we, we may have fallen off and got back over and over. Um, then there are those people who were kind of there for. Um, a season that's the old yes. season reason or a lifetime right, right and these are my lifetime folk okay there are some people who make it very clear that they were only here for a reason it might have been to toughen up my skin mm-hmm. um, or they were only there to help get me to my next the level, next
0: level. Yeah. yeah I and I love that because now you're not demonizing people and right. you're not saying that they were out to get me mm-hmm. um, they may have been there just they were there for a purpose skin. Yes, mm-hmm. yes <laughs> um, well I think we're going to a break. Are we going to a break? Okay, I hear the music coming in. So (laughs) we're going to go ahead and go to a break, and uh, we'll be right back with the wrap-up.
2: Love Notes with
0: Dr. Penna. All right. So today's question love note comes from Samuel Thomas. And and he was just, um, he poured out a whole bunch of questions for me last night. And uh, (laughs) so I thought this one was um, a pretty good one. And it basically asks if women, can women make men better? Do you think a woman can make a man better? Um, And as in the Bible, God knew he wanted to make women better. because man needed help, so is it part of our purpose to make women better? Is it um, well? Is it part of our purpose to make men better? Is that part of what we are here for? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Ooh. Uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Okay, so I believe that. Um, for a woman to make a man better, the man has to be want has to want to be better. Okay. Um who was it? I don't remember if it was a it was a comedian or something. Um, or it might have been watching a movie, I don't know. And there was a male character and he said, It might have been Jack Nicholson. Um, and he said, You make me want to be a better man. Hmm. Um I don't think and I think sometimes as women we go into relationships with the old, you know, well I know he acts like this, but I'm gonna change him. No, you're not. Oof you have been there. You're not. It doesn't Mm-mm. work. Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> he has to want to change. Yes. And if he doesn't want to change, then he's not. Um, but I think that as women, we can inspire our men mm-hmm. to want to be better. Um, you know, you may have a, a, a guy who's, who's real selfish, but because of your love and your unselfishness toward him, mm. he may turn around and say, you know what, I need to do better. Um, now I don't know if that's our purpose because not every woman is in a relationship. Not every woman wants to be in a relationship.
0: So, right. and and that's those are two different questions, right? Whether it's yeah.
1: Um, but I think I think that we can inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think the man first has to want that because mm-hmm. um, he may be just fine being the way he is, and all of whatever you do is not gonna is not gonna make him change. And then you have to decide, okay, am I, am I okay? You know, being in this role, or do I need to go and. And, and find something else. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I find it a very interesting question because um, I think that it's a two-way street. I think mm-hmm. that there are ways in which the men who have been a part of my life, in, whether that's my father or my brother or a good friend, um, have totally... Made me a better person, right. um, and there are ways in which the women in my life have made me a better person. You know, some of my closest friends have challenged me on things that mm-hmm. I never would have thought about until they brought it up. Right. Um, so I, I do wonder. I get what he's saying from the standpoint of um, God creating Eve. You know, to No, in a marriage, a, that's a different story, right? Okay, I mean, go ahead. Saying, in a mean? marriage,
1: I think that, that that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're you're you're, and I'm not a relationship expert, but that <laughs> when you're when you're dating, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. In a marriage, I do believe that part of my purpose is to uplift my husband mm. um, and to make him the best, whatever it is that yeah. he wants to be. Um, because as his wife, I'm, I think I'm I'm I am ordained. To do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Dating is a little bit different because there's no commitment there right. and you just
0: kind of kind of in it. But as a wife, I, I do believe that. And that's that line between, um, you know, treating a boyfriend like a husband, like, uh-huh. and, you know, and really understanding. That's a whole different show. Yes. <laughs> so we could do a whole show on that. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I, I think that's great. I, I think your answer is is great. And I, I love the distinction um, with marriage. It's, it, it is mm-hmm. a whole different ballgame um and it and it is about him wanting to change you know and right. in, in my case when i was married um i i'm not perfect but i, I did what i could to make him a better person right. and i have to say that now that we're divorced, it took, you know, he gets yeah. it and he is a really great person mm-hmm. now. Um, it didn't happen when I wanted it to happen, right. but, you know, it, it certainly did. Um, so if you would just give us um, your website and how to reach you. Okay. So there's a couple of ways. Um,
1: you can follow me on Twitter at um, Holloman Speaks. Um, I also do have a blog, which is Um You can also find me at com. All of those places inbox me.
0: I do speaking engagements, all, right. all kinds of stuff, and I'll um, do. I'll be sure to post your information on the okay. on the thread and Great. the website. Um, so, in final words. Do you ever wonder why challenges come at you when you seem to be flowing right into your destiny? The reality is that we face threats to our purpose through every step of this journey. Our strength equals the sum total of all the battles we've engaged in to defend the purpose we've been given on this earth—to raise strong children, to inspire people. All of those things that encompass um, your purpose. Whatever your purpose, there are forces that threaten that mission every single day. A lost job, an illness, a betrayal, a financial setback, an unexpected temptation even. What we have to understand is that the culprit isn't the betrayer or the lost job or the illness. The culprit is our unwillingness to face ourselves. Hmm. The unwillingness to step forward through it. Close your eyes and open your heart. Examine yourself. Most of what we see are mere distractions. It's what we don't see that we must pay attention to. Nine times out of ten, we are standing in our own way, and the only thing that's going to carry us through is the willingness to face ourselves and our own stuff, even when it's messy, painful, or embarrassing. There is no other way. This is how you unleash the power of your purpose. Thank you so much for gi- joining into the live exchange today. And thank you for joining us today, Dr. Holloman. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes. We here at the live exchange come um, talk about love, politics, and intellect. Join us next Thursday from 11 to 1 right here on the live exchange on the sensation station where I'll be joined by Miss Tori Lynn, author of Taboo, and Kiavana Tantra, founder of the Corazon Yoga Studio to t- discuss the art of love and intimacy sex we'll just you don't (laughs) want to miss this one i'm dr pamela and remember love yourself to life dance confidently in the dark and dream wildly unrealistic dreams have a great week